0: Praise Lord, for Thy great plan, that we thy dwelling place may be.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Now, here's our show today. No doubt, Revelation is a book of prophecy And most people study it, looking for and at the prophecies. But it's also a book of history. It contains amazing details of both church history and world history. In fact, chapter 6 gives us a condensed view of the last 2,000 years of world history. And here to talk with us about the great horse race in Revelation 6 is Brother Dick Taylor. Hi, Dick.
2: Hi, Chris. Thanks for the privilege of being here for this great horse race.
1: I use this analogy on purpose, Dick, uh, to try to gain the attention of our listeners a little bit, but actually we have some biblical ground to use this uh, phraseology, don't we?
2: We surely do, and I just am grateful to the uttermost to the Lord for putting me in this ministry because I read these passages before, like in Revelation 6, never paid much attention. But thank the Lord for the opening of his word to show us the significance of this great horse race with these four horses— The white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. We will really, really appreciate this message. Dick,
1: before we look at this horse race today, let's talk about the structure of the book of Revelation. Anyone who's ever done a study of this book has encountered seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls. But for those uh, listening who maybe are not familiar with this kind of study, give us a short introduction, particularly of the seven seals, which is where we start today in chapter 6 and most specifically, these first four.
2: We see, Chris, in chapter 5 of Revelation, Christ in his ascension. And there's one on the throne holding this scroll, but it's sealed. Mm -hmm. And who can open? Who's worthy to open the seven seals of this scroll? Only Christ. We have to be so grateful to the Lord that through his resurrection and ascension, all of his process, he is now the worthy lion lamb to open the scrolls of God's economy. These seven seals are really seven mysteries, and Christ is the one who opens them. And these mysteries are the history of the last 2,000 years. Can you imagine Mm. 20 centuries of history shown in this uh, section on the seven seals? The first four seals take us through a period of time, even bringing us to the end of this age, from the time of Christ's ascension Uh all the way to the end of the Great Tribulation and the Lord's coming back. And these four seals signify the preaching of the gospel as we'll see by the white horse and the matter of war signified by the red horse and then the matter of famine that follows war signified Mm -hmm. by the black horse and then the matter of death that always follows war and famine signified by the pale horse. And these first four seals also eventually usher in the fifth seal. And the fifth seal is the cry of the martyred saints that is those in paradise crying for the lord to finish this age and to fulfill his economy then this issues in the sixth seal which are great natural calamities and then the seventh seal like you said with the seven trumpets and the seven bulls here we see the end of this age so here's 20 centuries of history related to these seven seals. But our Christ is the worthy one, worthy to open all these seven seals.
1: Mm. Well, Dick, let's look at a few of these verses at the beginning of chapter 6 as they cover this matter of these four specific horses. In Revelation 6, 1, we begin, And when I saw the Lamb open one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying like the sound of thunder, Come, and I saw and behold a white horse, and he who sits on it had a bow. And a crown was given to him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come, and I saw, and behold, another horse, a red one, went forth. And to him who sits on it, to him authority was given to take peace from the earth, and that men should slay one another, and to him a great sword was given. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come, and I saw, and behold, a black horse, And he who sits on it had a balance in his hand. And I heard, as it were, a voice in the midst of the four living creatures, saying, A chonix of wheat for a denarius, and three chonixes of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and wine. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. Revelation 6, 8 now. And I saw and behold a pale horse, and he who sits upon it, his name is Death and Hades followed with him. And authority was given to them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with death and by the beasts of the earth. Dick, the gospel, war, famine, and death. Amen. These are our four horses entered in the race today. Let's join Witness Lee.
0: We have to spend some time on the word history from Christ's ascension to the end of this age. This is the first four seals with four horses plus four riders. Do you realize that in the past 20 centuries in the world, this is the history of the humankind? In the past 20 centuries, what were there? There were four things the gospel preaching, the war. The famine, and what? And uh, the death. What else? Nothing. All the other things are included in these four things. Right after Christ ascended to the heavens, on the day of Pentecost, the gospel preaching began. This horse (laughs) took the race, and the rider of this horse was the gospel of glory of Christ. The gospel preaching took the race. And then following this, starting from A.D. 70, the prince of Rome, Titus, brought the army of Rome to destroy Jerusalem. From that time, the war started. You read your history. Century after century, years after years, there were wars after wars, all the time. And uh, these second horse also started to take the race. And the following the war, you have the famine. And the famine causes a lot of death. Famine brings in disease. and this causes death. So in the history of the 20th centuries, there were nothing but these four things. Gospel preaching, fighting, famine, and death. The gospel preaching always took the lead. And the war followed. And the famine, and the death. Still these four things are racing here. They are taking the race. These are the four seals. Have you seen? Before these 20th centuries. Christ opened the four seals and all these four things, these four horse rays, was revealed there.
2: Well, Dick,
1: we're seeing an encapsulated view of world history here as the Lord presents it in Revelation 6. It may seem somewhat simplistic to man's view uh, to see history presented by these four horses. But in reality, what Revelation is giving us here is quite profound, isn't it?
2: It really is. And isn't it amazing? Four horses can show us the history of the last 2,000 years and even bring us to the end of this age, which is very near. I just appreciate that in the last 2,000 years, according to this record, Chris, there is nothing except gospel preaching and war and famine and death. Mm-hmm. And gospel preaching, signified by the white horse, is taking the lead. Right. The triumphant gospel of the glorious Christ, that is Christ himself, is taking the lead. But these other three horses just help this horse. So war is helping this horse. famine's helping this horse. Death is helping this horse. And I really believe, as our brother mentioned, that from the time of the stepping out of the white horse in the first century, Right after that, you have the second horse, beginning in A.D. 70, when Titus and the Roman army came in and destroyed Israel and Jerusalem. But what was the result? The result was the white horse just ran faster. I tell you, Satan, through the Roman Empire, tried to kill and destroy Christian after Christian, but more than ever, they multiplied. Right. (laughs) Because this is the triumphant gospel of the glory of Christ. And then you have famine brought in by war and death brought in by famine. All three of these negative horses, all they do is make the white horse, the first horse, run faster. So on one hand, we hate war. We don't like death. We don't like famine. On the other hand, we have to thank the Lord for them because they're just pushing this white horse forward to the end of the age. Have you ever had a history class Chris, that gave us such a view of human history? No, I, I haven't.
1: <laughs> no, nor have I, Dick, but it was really something to see it in this light. Recently, I uh, was working on a project where I was encountering a lot of the physical devastation that took place in uh, the island of Taiwan following those enormous earthquakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, of course, we're, you know, absorbed in praying for these suffering people and relief efforts and many things that are being done to help these people. But on the other hand, the striking note is the openness that this has created for the gospel Absolutely. Um, Of course, we don't pray for these kinds of events, but once they take place, we surely can join in uh, with the white horse here as it runs through this situation. It really does have an effect on the gospel, doesn't
2: it? It surely does, and I like your example, Chris. What you saw just was an opening for the gospel through the suffering. We don't want the suffering, but it helps. These other three horses really motivate the white horse and the riding of the gospel of Christ triumphantly. I was reminded of one time riding my bike as a kid through a dark area, but I heard some dogs barking, and I knew they were chasing me. Boy, did I pedal fast. (laughs) But the gospel just goes on faster because of war, famine, and death. So we have to thank the Lord for this four-horse race showing us an awesome record of human history even to this very day. Well, as we're talking and as we heard, Dick, the lead horse
1: is always the white horse, the gospel of the glory of Christ. And we want to look at four items related to Christ that really have shaped human history riding on the white horse. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: After the incarnation, Christ accomplished the redemption through crucifixion. And then he entered into resurrection. And then he ascended to the heavens. No human history has ever given people such a record. This is the real world history. What is the real world history? Incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. If you take these four things away from the world, what can world that will be? we must see in god's record of the world history these four things are crucial incarnation of christ crucifixion resurrection and ascension these four things are crucial to human history after the ascension of christ the whole world history was changed. the history from that time was not written by any human hand. The history from that time was written by Christ. Christ wrote the history of mankind for the 20th centuries past. By what? By opening God's economy. In the pure world here, you do have the proper human history. And this record of the proper human history carries out God's economy. After the ascension of Christ and before his coming back, there is a history of the world. And this history is likened to a horse race. To a horse race. And uh, in this horse race, the first horse and the raider of the first horse is the gospel preaching. God's economy is not for anything but for the gospel preaching. And from where the gospel preaching came? From Christ's incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. These four things of Christ, incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, are the very source from which
1: the gospel came. Dick, what we are hearing today is that if we have eyes to see, it's impossible to separate human history from the incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. What role have these four things played in the working out of history?
2: Well, if it weren't for his incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, there would be no history. (laughs) He is the writer of the last 2,000 years of history because, number one, his incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension make him the triumphant one who is the gospel. Not only that, he's the worthy one who has the ability to open the mysteries of God's economy. And by his opening the mysteries of God's economy, we just see that he himself is the gospel through his incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, and that through war, death, and famine, the gospel is going on more prevailing than ever. The white horse takes the lead, but even these other things that are apparently negative are just causing the white horse to ride more triumphantly. So we could conclude by saying, Chris, that the gospel actually, which is Christ, is produced by Christ taking these steps of incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Today, he's the living, resurrected, ascended Christ. He's the good news, and he is riding on triumphantly in first place. I stand with the white horse. Amen.
1: Well, Dick, for our last section today, let's take a closer look at verse 2. And I saw and behold a white horse, and he who sits on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Let's join Witness Lee once again.
0: The gospel came in a way, like a rider with a bow without the arrow. What does this indicate? You need know, the bow is a weapon to shoot others with arrows. arrow. But this rider holds the bow without an arrow. This indicates why the arrow was shot. The arrow was shot on the cross. Yeah. And this arrow surely <laughs> shot the heart of the enemy. The battle was fought and the victory went. Now, with the bow without an arrow, is a kind declaration that the war was over. And the victory was won. This is the real peace. And this is the gospel of peace. And this gospel of peace is being preached peacefully. In peaceful way. With the bow, but without the arrow. And the letter is crowned. Crown in the Bible always signifies glory. This means the gospel has been crowned crowned with whose glory? With the glory of Christ. The gospel is called the gospel of the glory of Christ. So the gospel is crowned. The gospel we preach is the gospel crowned with the glory of Christ. And uh, here it doesn't say the second rider of the second horse went first conquering And the neither the third house nor the uh, fourth rider, but only the first house with the first rider. The gospel preaching has been going on, conquering all the time. Wherever the gospel preaching went, there was a conquering. There was a conquering, and still the gospel is conquering. This is God's wisdom. The whole history in the past 20 centuries is for the gospel preaching. And the gospel preaching takes the lead in this horse race. What is this generation for? For gospel preaching. And gospel preaching is for the carrying out of God's economy. Maya, please tell me, how could the church be produced? Through the gospel preaching. And how could the New Jerusalem come into existence? Through the gospel preaching. And what things help the gospel preaching? The war, the famine, and the death. None of these three things is gold. But I tell you, all these three things help. The gospel, preaching.
1: Well, Dick, let's talk about the rider of this gospel horse. There's no arrow with his bow. Dick, what does this
2: signify? This signifies that the arrow has already been shot. On the cross, when Christ died, he is the one who shot the arrow into the heart of the enemy. Hebrews 2.14 says, uh, He partook of blood and flesh just like us that through death he might destroy him who has the might of death. That is the, the devil. devil. So the Lord on the cross destroyed the devil. This is the shooting of the arrow into the heart of the devil. What a gospel we have. It's the gospel of victory, the gospel of triumph. You know, you could read this passage and just see, hey, this rider had a a bow with no arrow but not think much of it. But isn't this precious? Yes. Wow, what a victory the Lord gained on the cross. So, the white horse signifying the gospel preaching is the gospel preaching of the triumphant Christ. He triumphed in his incarnation, triumphed in his crucifixion, he triumphed in his resurrection over death, he triumphed in ascension over every kind of thing that tried to hold him down. Today, Jesus is Lord and Christ is victor, and he's still riding triumphantly. And today, the gospel that we preach is the gospel of triumph. I like 2 Corinthians two fourteen, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in the Christ. These are the ministers of the gospel. Our ministry and our gospel is just the gospel and the ministry of Christ, the triumphant one. Praise the Lord, Chris. He shot the arrow into the heart of the devil. Satan is destroyed, Jesus is Lord, Christ is victor, and we're one with His Christ to the end of the age to bring in His kingdom.
1: Witnessly gave this message in 1976, and I, I was a young man in my mid 20s at that time. I know, uh, when, especially when I heard him saying, what is this generation for? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What effect did that have on you in 1976, Dick? I know what it did to my being.
2: It, it made my being say, hallelujah, I'm for the preaching of the gospel to the end of the age. And you've been on this white
1: horse, Dick, I would testify to our listeners, uh, at least that long. Amen. Hallelujah. May this, I be
2: on the white horse until he comes.
1: May we be there, all of us, together, riding this horse until he comes. Amen. This is the kind of speaking, I think, that is so helpful to young listeners, uh, uh, that this fever, this spirit of gospel preaching, riding the white horse with the victorious, triumphant one, would get into all of us. Loose our lips for the Lord's sake.
2: Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, Brother Dick. You're welcome. Well, we hope that you'll join us again as we continue our life study from this book of Revelation. It is full of life, light, and enlightenment each day. We have much printed material that supplements these radio broadcasts, we invite you to contact us, and we can share that with you. Please contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to
0: Thee. Receive us into Thy wise hands.
1: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com there you can read all of the life study messages absolutely free of charge you can even create your own life study reading schedule or download more life study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost again the website lifestudy.com thanks for listening